Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Well, great to be with you on The Way Home. A great show lineup for you. I am so excited to have uh, an encore production of John Tesh, the musician, composer, radio star, and now author of a book, Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith. You're not going to want to miss it. It's a wonderful, wonderful talk with this uh, great man who's been in the spotlight for many years. The Enchanted World of Amy Zerner and Monty Farber. They come on my show all the time because they are the most prolific artists and writers that I know. They are constantly coming out with something beautiful to give you a wonderful sense of inspiration and guidance for your life, tools and oracles and all sorts of wonderful, fun things. Their latest is the Art of Affirmations, and it's a beautiful deck of cards with Amy's art and Monty's words that will help put you on the right uplifted foot every single day it's all brought to you by balance of nature fruits and veggies in a capsule the tune of 32 fruits and vegetables and 10 servings per day it's a way to get the nutrition into your body that you need that is really almost impossible to do any other way balanceofnature.com is the website put my name laura into the promo code to get your 35 percent discount and free shipping when we come back john tesh don't go away you're on the way home Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Welcome back, and I am very excited. Um, I've been waiting, actually, uh, weeks for this interview, but now is the time. And actually, I can't think of a better time for someone's book to come out, which happened in February of this year, right before the pandemic hit. And if there was ever a time that we needed some inspiration and something wonderful uh, to uh, kind of entertain us and also inspire us. Uh, that was the time for Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith to come out by none other than John Tesh. Well, for the past 45 years, you know that John Tesh has been internationally recognized as a journalist, a composer, broadcaster, and concert pianist. His Intelligence for Your Life radio show currently airs on 350 stations and reaches 14 million people a week. I've always admired his show and been often on stations where his his program came on right after me. Uh, really an incredible, highly successful and varied career path. It includes six years as a correspondence for CBS News and a 10-year run as anchor on Entertainment Tonight, where so many people remember him from. Not to mention his unbelievable musical accomplishments. Um, as a composer for Barcelona and Atlantic Olympic Games, and his also his seminal live at Red Rocks, uh, which have raised millions for uh, public television. John and his wife, Connie Selica, who I've also admired over the years, uh, they both live in Los Angeles, but I am so grateful. Sorry for the long introduction. Your life is just so incredible. John, thank you so much for being here today on the way home. It's like somebody's ADD life, right? Why can't he decide what the heck he wants to do? That's what my dad used to always say. <laughs> Your book, you can pick it up at any chapter, either in order or out of order, and each one is this unbelievable story. It, it's all, it reads almost like a movie and also like a manifesto of motivation. Um, I, I just found it absolutely incredibly entertaining, beautiful, inspiring. I was on the edge of my seat. I was in tears uh, part of the time. It is such a beautiful, beautiful book, Relentless, Unleashing 
uh, life of purpose, grit, and faith. Uh, and all of that is in there, purpose, grit, and faith. Your whole life is a testament to that, from your early stories in your childhood um, right up until now and overcoming cancer and so much that you've accomplished in your career as well. John, I don't even know where to start to ask you about what this book means to you, why you wrote it now, and what you have to share with us in this short 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it really wasn't my I, idea. I, I have a friend who is sort of a part-time manager of mine, Mike Atkins out of Nashville. And, and when he, uh, I was sharing with him my journey, uh, my cancer journey, which began in 2015. And, and it was a journey that was not only, uh, it was, uh, my cancer was healed not only by science and by, by, uh, uh, professionals, meaning, you know, surgeons and, and oncologists, but, but also there's a, there's a big part of this story that is spiritual healing, which is r- quite amazing when you, when, when you think about, uh, what the promises are for us for healing in the, in, in the Bible and what your, and what your brain can do when, when connected to faith filled words. And so he was like, you got to write about this. I said, I, I'm not going to write about cancer. Uh, I'm not interested. I've got other things I'm doing. I want to put it in my rear view mirror. And mm-hmm. then, uh, he set up a call with Harper. Collins and they said, well, do you have any other stories about your life? And I said, ah, I don't know. You know, I did this, and I did that. And, and they said, well, would you write out an outline? And so I wrote out an outline. And when they got to the part where I was homeless at 19 and a half years old, living in a tent, being kicked out of school and kicked out of my parents' house. And then three years later, literally 35 months later, I was anchoring the news at WCBS in the same building as Walter Cronkite. They were like, what? <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, th- I think everybody has this craziness in their in their life. And certainly this is a time right now when, you know, in, in lockdown, out of lockdown, whatever, where everybody's sort of, it's an etch-a-sketch moment, right? Where you drew this great picture of your life and then some two-year-old came along and shook the thing. And there's no, no, there's no image on there anymore. And, and so uh, I think looking back when you, you know, when you when you journal, and for me, this was a you know, uh, what was it, a hundred hundred thousand word journal. When you journal uh, and you look back on your life, you start you start seeing that you're connecting the dots, right? You start seeing, wow, why did I do this and why did I do that? And when I worked this process, things worked great for me. And when we worked the other process, I almost ended up in jail. You know, so um, it was talk about cathartic. And I had hired like like most people, not most people, a lot of people hire ghostwriters because you're too busy doing living your life. And I tried that for for a couple of months, and it just wasn't in my voice. And he was great, but I, I realized that I needed to go through the process. And so six months was what they predicted for the book, and it took me two and a half years. They oh weren't really happy goodness. about that. Yeah. Hey, but you know what, John? So worth it because it reads so personal, and and you know you can tell it's your voice, and it's so raw and so accountable. Like you hold yourself. It's such accountability throughout it, but you also have this incredible transparency about every single detail uh, of what you went through. Some of it, like I said in the beginning, almost reads like a movie. Like, did that really happen? Especially seeing your unbelievable success, your prodigy of sorts, um, starting as a little boy, you know, and, you know, learning everything you could about whether it was electronics or anything you were trying to do, you were always trying to learn. And then you see your varied career and it's across such a spectrum and you've hit the the top of success in all of them and yet you were a kid kind of in the 50s i'm I'm interested you grew up in garden city i went to college at adelphi university in the same little town and uh it's a beautiful place but your upbringing was so interesting with your father being the marine and the the kind of tough tough guy that he was 
which made you who you were. You're just such a an interesting fabric of so many different things that make up your wonderful story, whether it's faith and true grit, um, your humility, um, your, you know, your love for your mother and, and yet your, 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 your deep faith and spirituality and, and probably using the law of attraction and trying to envision better things for your life a, a, a lot earlier than most people were doing it. So I just find it in, an incredibly inspiring tale, but one that was truly honest and i'm grateful that you you know for for went for you know you for forego the the ghostwriter to be able to you know just really speak your own truth and your own language because this book i think is going to change lives and i'm sure it has already it's just really that inspiring but by, by the way, uh, thank you very much. I, I've I've been caught in the forego for went thing. I think for went is if it's not a word, I think we're going to make it a word because people we know we know we know what it is. Uh, oh, that was that, that was very nice of you, and and I appreciate it. And and you know I'm, I love memoirs. I read memoirs like crazy. And when I landed, this is so odd. When I landed on Stephen King's memoir. And I, because I mean, this is a guy who just writes for five hours a day, right? But he wrote it in 2008. He wrote his memoir called On Writing because everybody wanted him to write a, a little book about about how to how to write. And so he wrote a book about his life. He wrote his memoir in his own voice, and in that sort of Stephen King style. And it was like. Wow, I totally get this now. And cause it's, cause when you're writing, even if you're writing in a journal, the, the biggest, the biggest problem, I mean, if I could give advice to anybody is don't outthink yourself. And I still catch myself doing this sometimes. You know, should, is anybody going to like this? Is anybody going to like what I say? Is anybody going to like what I'm doing? And, and you just have to create, you know, create something out of your, out of your heart. And when I got that message about this book and, and it did, it came from people like uh, Bruce Springsteen and Stephen King were like, just go. You know, just mm-hmm. do it and, 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 and worry about it later. You know, worry about the editing stuff, uh, later. Um, that's when I, I realized that it, with the value of a memoir is, and I've seen this for myself and reading others, is that you will, no matter whose it is, whether it's Alexander Hamilton or, or, uh, um, or, or Ben Franklin, you'll, you'll see part of yourself in this. And, and, and that's when, when you talk about growing up in the 1950s and 1960s, there are a lot of people today who don't understand what, what that life was like, especially now where, you know, we're looking at, at, at horribly opposing, uh, sides, you know, with people who, with people's beliefs that are totally polarized and people acting out those beliefs, right? And, and a lot of it is, is, is not turning out great. Right. Uh, and, and when you look back at the, at the simpler time, right? And I hate to be this guy, this sort of angry old guy, but when you, when you look back at that simpler time, we're in 1950, I was born in 52, right? And so you, you had a television, maybe. Uh, and you maybe had, had aluminum siding on your house, uh, but you sat around the radio for the most part. And then, and then when, the, when, when you did have television, it was black and white and Cronkite was on there and it went off at midnight, you know, and, 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 and you had, there's no answering machines, right? And so yeah, you went home as a kid, you went home when the street lights came on, you know, and, and so, that for me, I was, I was horribly unpopular when I was, I was way too thin. I was six, I was six foot five in, <laughs> in junior high. And I talk about this in the book, right? And I weighed, I weighed, I weighed 225 now and I look sort of normal. But back then I, I was 155. And so nobody would talk to me. And so I ended up in my basement, you know, making stuff. <laughs> and, 
you know, Lin Manuel Miranda, who created Hamilton, he's a he's a friend of ours, and, and he talks about that about about being alone and doing deep work and making stuff. And I th- I think that that maybe this will be an encouragement to people that wait a second, why don't I just stop reacting to all the doom scrolling and reacting to all the crap that's out there right now and 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 find out where my heart is and 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 start and start creating out of that out of the abundance of a uh, of a man's heart. Um, and so um, I I think that that. That that is the message certainly that I, that I got when I got a terminal cancer diagnosis when I thought I only had eighteen months to live. When I got on the other side of that, it's like I started to look at the the end date, a normal end date on my life, you know, eighties, uh, nineties, whatever it's going to be, and, and understand that I really needed to. I, it's all the stuff I tried. I really needed to find myself. Well, John, I I find it amazing. I think so much of your life has been, I guess, what you would say dichotomous in the sense that you you would have this really unusually difficult situation, like being kicked out at your out of your house, literally with nothing, no money, no no nothing, and um, your father doing that, and living in a tent, homeless in a park, to you know working your way into a radio station, and then you know having a vision to one day be Walter Cronkite, and then. Certainly you find yourself there. You find yourself uh, with cancer, but not just with like, you know, stage one. Maybe, you know, if you just watched your lifestyle, maybe you can kind of kick this thing. You you discovered cancer, but it was, you know, a really terrible case of cancer. And and yet you come out on the other side, um, basically healed. A lot of inexplic- inexplicable successes is what you call it. And what do you mean by that? And how did you get, whether it was in the tent to into the newsroom at CBS or whether it was on your deathbed, basically, or it, with, you know, terrible cancer to where you are today and producing and writing and completely healthy again? What do you attribute to being able to do that 180? That full spectrum turnaround yeah, I, in your life. I all think the time. it's yeah. It might be a it might be a surprise. The answer, but it, it's it's basically I'm ch- I I don't ruminate about it every night, um, and I try every day to renew my mind so I'm not chased by the specter of cancer as well. It's it's a process that I go through, but I am chased by the fear of being back in that tent. Now it's a subconscious fear, and it's what it, it's what propels me forward. And so when my dad, you know, when I, when I tell the story on stage about, and what, and what happened was, you know, for people who haven't read the book yet, and, and I'm honored that you read the book is, um, I, I was, my dad put me into textile chemistry. He worked for Haynes underwear and he decided that even though I grew up as a musician and a performer, and that's what I wanted to do with my life, you know, he's a world war two veteran, you know, hero off the coast of Okinawa stationed there, you know, and barely made it out alive. And, and his whole thing was he wanted a future for his son and he didn't think his son should be an entertainer. And so he enrolled me in North Carolina state university in textile chemistry. And I lasted about, I don't know, five, six semesters. And, and I was always in the, in the practice room, practicing piano and hanging out with, uh, with all the theater kids. And, and so ultimately I decided I had to get out of that after I took a television radio course and got bit by the, the bug of media. And I couldn't get one of my professors to sign my drop ad card to get me out of there. And so I just made the decision, a fateful decision to sign his card, to forge his signature onto that card. And I got caught and the, the university charged me with, uh, with uh, breaking the honor code. They gave me an F in the course and they suspended me indefinitely and said I could appeal you know, after a year. 
And, you know, a year when you're 18, 19 years old is a, is a long time. And so my dad got a letter and uh, it was that it was it, it shamed him. It shamed the family. It shamed my mom's bridge club, according to him. <laughs> it shamed the underwear division of Ains. went through the whole list. And he just said, you're no longer welcome. You know, you're 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 a cheat. You're no longer welcome in my house. And so I had an old Volkswagen and some Jimi Hendrix records and a pub tent. And, I, yeah, I drove back to the university area because uh, that's all I knew and, and, and pitched a tent in, in, a, in a park and worked construction and pumped gas at College SO. It was SO back then. Yeah. And um, and when the sun came up, I woke up and the sun went down. I, you know, I, I went to sleep and I, I pitched my tent next to a payphone just in case my mommy called. Um, but she wasn't allowed to call me either. And, but there was, a, I, I realized that like there was, I just had two choices. I could become a, I could become a vagrant or a drunk or I could try and get my way out of there. And I, I could see my future because I was, I was picked and not that there's anything wrong with people working construction. I love these guys, but they, a lot of them weren't happy and they, a lot of them were very uncomfortable with a 19 year old from, from Long Island with a New York accent all of a sudden on their, on their chain gang of, you know, breaking, breaking concrete and being able to see it was, it was like, uh, it's a wonderful life, right? When you're able to see, see yourself, see your future. And that was not the future that I, that I thought I had manifested in my life. And so I realized that I had to do anything I could to get a job in radio. And that's when I broke into the campus radio station since I was already a, a, a criminal. <laughs> and I, and I made a demo tape with my body. I, I made the helicopter sounds on my, uh, on my chest, you know, and, and I, and I, I held my nose to report from this is at Maurice Gindy in Cairo today, Dr. Henry Kissinger. And I did that. This is Dr. Henry Kissinger today, you know, and I, I made a reel to reel tape. And there was a guy who I still stay in touch with who, who felt sorry for me, gave me my first job in radio and I was as my dad as as somebody from the 1950s would say I, I I was a blind dog in a meat house there was no stopping me from that moment when he let me in but you were absolutely a renaissance man I in my opinion I you have so many diverse gifts and talents and and you somehow incorporated them into your life and done something with almost all of them. I mean, even music. Here you are on TV. You walk away from, you know, this incredible gig with big money and you decide you want to do music and and you don't just do it. You end up becoming, you know, Grammy Award winning and and selling millions and millions of copies and and doing a, a television special of all things on TV. I remember that so well. Um, I just I love how throughout the entire book you've got beautiful quotes uh different sayings a lot of them scripture uh bible verses i'm assuming that a lot of that it was ingrained in in your life growing up but then also with your uh relationship with your wife connie selica um faith is plays a big part in in helping you to succeed and overcome and heal and the rest of it yeah yeah and you know it's when you when, when I wrote the book and I was looking back and about halfway through the book, I was just breaking down into tears and especially writing about all the cancer stuff and everything and, and realizing the things that happened, like getting another chance after standing my wife up, which, and you must have been shaking your head at this, the chapter where I stand Connie up on our first date because I chickened out and then I have to fight my way back in. You know, I mean, it gives me chills to think about it now, having been married for nearly 29 years and my grandkids are in the pool behind me right now. Oh, um, you, you know, it's, it, it, it is one of those things where 
when I look back, I realize that when I put the pieces together and reassembled that, that puzzle of my life, that the only way for any of that to happen was out of the books of the book of Acts in the Bible, which is which is the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. You know, the the the, the Holy Spirit will you know will protect you and the, the the power will come upon you when the Holy Spirit arrives. You know, and and. And even though the only prayer I was praying was the Lord's prayer, um, you know, back in back in the day, it was keeping me connected to to God. And um, and I mean, in the the just just moving forward, one foot after another, even even. I mean, there there are places though in the, in the book where you see that, especially that I didn't want to. The last chapter that I wrote in the book is is sort of in the middle of the book, but I, I it was embarrassing for me to write this chapter. And 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 when you say transparent, this is probably the most transparent I've ever been. And it was it's a chapter called Pity Party, and I'm actually sitting in the place right now where where that where that chapter was hatched. And it basically, I I became a cancer patient. I I I felt. I caved in on myself and felt sorry for myself, and I was drinking Scotch whiskey every night and chasing it with Vicodin. Because when you're a when you're a cancer patient and you're sick and you're in pain, you can get anything you want, and, and mm-hmm. people are whispering around you. And and uh, but my wife is not she she does she does not uh, she, she just does not uh, abide in that. She she would not uh, brook that, as we say. She was one of those people who was like, no 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 no, you have to put this back together. And and uh, I almost didn't make it out of that. Yeah, uh, and that's that's for me. That's that was the the grace of God. Oh my goodness! And there are so many instances like that throughout this wonderful, wonderful book. It's called Relentless: Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith. It gives me goosebumps to even say the title because it's that wonderful and transformative. Please go out and get it, John Tesh. I would say you are a national treasure. We are so grateful you're still here. You're healed, and you and your beautiful wife are enjoying your grandchildren. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for all the beauty and art you've put out into the world over the years. We love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is The Way Home with Laura Smith. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, every so often, in fact, quite often, we step into an enchanted world, and that's with some wonderful friends of mine who uh, are known the world over for the so many books that they have written and the wonderful tools that they have for enlightenment and metaphysics and all that they do, including uh, haute couture fashion. It's really unlimited, the enchanted world. And the people who run it, own it, and live in it are Amy Zerner and Monty Farber, the I think the happiest couple, married couple in the world, I could say, along with, I have another couple who calls themselves that, but I would say you two are both the happiest married couple in the world. Welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Thank you. And where is that other couple? We're yeah, going to talk to them. <laughs> I think you know them, um, the uh, Pecks, Scott and Shannon Peck. Oh, Sure. Sure. Oh yeah. Yes, and they you were both featured in Ariel Ford's book Hot Chocolate for the Mystical Lover. Oh. And both of you had chapters in there t- telling how you found each other. That's a whole other segment in itself, but I love to talk about your love story because it truly is in these times in this day and age, it's a beautiful loving miracle of how many years together now? Is it 47? Yeah, we're um well, October 23rd will make the 48th anniversary of our meeting. Of your meeting. Yeah, and then we yeah. moved in 75 and married in 78. 
Yes. Yeah. And you I don't think you've ever been apart a day since you met from what it sounds like. I used to work in the movie business. I think six weeks was the longest we were away, but not for a long time. Yeah, I didn't. And when, when I pulled up in the bus, I was looking out the window. I said, wow, look at that beautiful woman. And then I realized it's Amy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you realized it was your wife? <laughs> she was my wife. Yeah. Waiting at the bus stop to meet me when I got back from uh, Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, we work together, which I guess is not so common. You know, we're together. Right. We work together. We like each other a lot. So. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and we're having a lot of fun and, and we're making our contribution. And I think that's why our friend Anne Marie is going to do a documentary about us. Yes. So uh, there's a a few things we're going to talk about today in the Enchanted World. And but that was one of them. I've been seeing you posting recently on uh, social media that someone is making a documentary on your life, your work together, because when you said you work together every day, it's true that you both when when Amy does her art and her fashion, Monty, you're helping her when you do your astrology, your your book writing and your sessions for people, she is helping you. I've never seen such a collaborative um, relationship in terms of work and love and life. It's really a unique thing. It's just, it's, it's very rare. And, and yet you make it look effortless and so much fun. It's like everybody wants to be in, in a relationship like that. It's just really incredible. But you have such a, an incredible, uh, synergy, both with most of the artwork is done by Amy or all of it, I should say. She is truly, she's an award winning artist, um, and does absolutely incredible, um, tapestries and and collages and uh, fashion, as I mentioned before. And then Monty is an astrologer, a uh, psychic reader to the Fortune 500. He's a uh, just a metaphysician of the highest level and a teacher. And so you put these things together and you've got the, the most beautiful products and you come out with these I, I, are they divination tools, oracle sets, um, all the time, and they're just beautifully done with Monty's writing, your artwork, and the latest one that I have received here. I saw you post about it on social media, and I said, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And it's your latest one, which is Affirmations, the Art of Affirmations. And within it are three affirmation decks. And I really want to talk about this because affirmations changed my life when I realized that you can have them do them and enact upon them. And I've never looked back. But your beautiful set here with with the wonderful writing on it and the the artwork makes it easy for people. They just pull a card from the deck and the rest is affirmative. So let's talk about what is an affirmation and and how can people use them in their daily lives? And it's not hocus pocus. It's it's well, the art of positivity. Tell tell us how an affirmation works, either of you. Well, we are affirmations. You know, what we think becomes part of who we are. And I think lots of times we, it's, uh, un, we're very unconscious about our thoughts, what goes through our minds. I read somewhere that 80,000 thoughts go through our head a day and like 80, 80% of those are negative. Right. I can't do this. I can't do that. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. Um, affirmations, the way we're talking about it here in the art of affirmations, it comes with three decks. One's breathe, one's heal, and one is divine. Uh, we all need to breathe more. That's goes without saying. And that's the only way to control your heart. The only thing you control about your body is, is your breathing. 
And then healing, we all need to heal because we've all been little and, and small and powerless. And, and, and the divining thing is about oracles. It's about predicting your future based on creating your future. And the affirmations help you create the future by telling yourself that you can do these things. That um, and, and plus, it makes you more aware of you saying negative things. Because once people start becoming aware of how much of their thoughts are, I can't do this, I shouldn't do that, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too weak, I'm too poor. Yeah. I mean, we all have desires, whether it's to have more love or more money. We know from doing the books we do, those are the three, you know, it's work, love, career, and, uh, you know, relationships. So pulling an affirmation card or telling yourself an affirmation helps you clarify that shift, you know, into something more positive, into, and that shift makes you take action. And you have all this beautiful, it's like getting an Amy Zerner art book, a little, it's in miniature that you can take with you. And we put the words right there on the cards. It comes with a little booklet, but the words are right on the cards. The affirmation's right there. So it becomes a little ritual if you do it each morning, pull a card. The box is actually designed with a slit on top where you can put your card of the day and have it remind you. It's really little reminders that help yes. you become more mindful. Right. Be- become more mindful. What you speak, what you think, and what you say. I think I have found in my life since I started discovering this type of thinking and work of affirmations is truly what your life becomes. It's so important. I it, it I try to tell friends all the time. You know, they'll say, "Oh, I'm I'll never make that happen, that dream come true." And I say, "Watch that. Don't speak like that because what you focus on, what you say a lot, and what you feel in your heart very often comes to pass." And that goes for the wonderful things and the not so wonderful things. So be mindful of it, right? So I'm pulling just two of your cards at random here. Um, this is from the healing deck and it's kindness. And it has a gorgeous picture of an angel on the front. Absolutely beautiful that you've put together here, Amy. And the words that you've written, Monty, are kindness is a gift you receive by giving it away. What a wonderful world it would be if more people were simply kind to each other. However, many people are not, so be compassionate, but not stupid. Right. Don't you love Laura's voice? Yes, she has the best voice in the world. I want to hear her read all of our affirmations. Yeah, when we, when we, oh, gosh, that would be an honor. I tell you, I would do that in my sleep. I would pay you to do that. <laughs> I'm glad you did the spoken word version. I love it. All right, we're uh, on it. I, I just, we're on it. Let's do the audio version of that. No, but these are the kind of words. It's just, it's direction and it's very pithy. So it's right there. It's short, but it's deep and it's fundamental. So I, I really love, and, but there's how many cards in here? Cause there's a whole bunch. Eight. Yeah. There's because huh. 36 times three. That's 108, right? Yes. It made me aware of sometimes you can see. Another person's negativity more obviously than your own because these habitual thoughts just run through our head and uh, unless you bring them to the surface and really examine why you think you don't deserve that or why you think it can't happen or pulling a card is like a little mirror. You know, why, why do you think that can't happen or why do you think it should happen? And it's a little form of therapy, really. And it's not like your life's going to change instantly. But in a way, it is going to change instantly. 
I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're going to win the lottery, but by being more aware, you will see opportunities that you otherwise would have missed, and, and opportunities including to be kind, like the the card you just pulled. And I mean, the Dalai Lama says being kind is what religion is. That, that there's nothing else. So, you know, it, what it seems like you're lying to yourself when you say these things when it first starts, but you're not because you're scared. That it can't happen or right. won't happen. Right. Or, yes, or exactly. You have fear that it won't happen. But the beautiful thing that I, I learned also about affirmations, it's really important to put them in the present tense. So, in other words, don't say, um, in the future, I will get, because then it remains in the future, right? right. So you say, I have now this, or I am this, I am happy, I am uh Gifted. Wow. I am talented. I am successful. You put it in the right. the now. We well, do. It says I am loved. Are, uh, I am open. I am transformed. That puts it. You you start to feel it physically when you say that and feel it, and you have to see it. And it's it, you have to practice getting better at it. You know, seeing the movie, visualizing, affirm it, feeling in your gut. And if the, for those who are very scientifically oriented, I wrote a book called Quantum Affirmations which shows how uh, quantum physics relates to affirmations because quantum physics is particle physics. And the smallest particle prior to quantum affirmations was light, which is both a particle and a wave. But I postulate that consciousness is the smallest particle. And then I take the quantum physics stuff. This is for those who think that this is just woo-woo stuff. Well, there is a scientific basis for it. Mm-hmm. And it works. And you will change your life because it changes your life's direction. And the best way to predict the future is to make the future. And the other law that's a universal law is what you put out comes back to you. So you keep putting out, you know, negative thoughts, negative thoughts. We, we see that. We've all seen that in our lives happen. It becomes a chronic, a chronic condition sometimes. Well, we all know friends that are like that. They they're so in the negative, you know, it's part of their personality. You know what's weird is that people think you do affirmations or you do quantum affirmations and it's going to change the world and all of a sudden you're going to be living in Disney World 100%. No, <laughs> you're going to be still on the precipice, the precipice, excuse me. You're still going to be a Blade Runner between, you know, life and death and, and, and the valley and the shadow and all that other stuff. It's just that you're going to get by and you're going to do well and you're going to thrive. and you're power. Going to, and you're, yes, it, it's not like the negative ever goes away. That's what people have to realize about affirmations. It's basically like lighting a candle instead of cursing the darkness. Yes. And I listen, I am a perfect proof that it works. Uh, when I heard about affirmations the first time, it was probably about 25 years ago. And I remember hearing about it. And so I, at the time, I didn't have your beautiful The Art of Affirmations card set uh, with me. So I had post-it notes and I would write the affirmation on there, but in the present tense. And I remember it just came to me. Now, I had heard about Sirius Satellite Radio, which is now Sirius XM. It was uh, radio. And I was a disc jockey on a radio station for music at the time. Somewhere in my heart, I had this feeling that I would love to be the manager, the director of a radio station, the program director. But it was 
at the time that I thought about this, it was seemed like an impossibility because I was just a disc jockey, not making that much money up in Poughkeepsie somewhere in New York at the time. And I had this desire in my heart, though. So I remember what I did. And I, I thought at the time I felt silly doing it, but I wrote down, I am the program direct. I am a program director at Sirius Satellite Radio. I stuck it on my mirror. I kid you not. I would look at it every day because it was on the mirror and I didn't think much of it. And I honestly, to be really honest, I didn't think it was, would work because it just seemed so far fetched from where I was at that time in my career. But within five years, I was a program director at Sirius Satellite Radio. I was running a, a, a channel that did this kind of programming uh, about conscious, mindful living, um, healthy eating, healthy living, spiritual living. And uh, my dream came true. And it, it really, I think it began with that little post-it note on my mirror because something got into my consciousness, like you just said, Monty and Amy, in your consciousness begins this sort of alchemy, the, the science, the, the energy behind a thought or a desire or a prayer. There is this energy and that the affirmation does that. So that's, I love affirmations. They've worked for me on countless other things than just in radio, in my life, in love, and in uh, success, and everything. But your your wonderful packet here, the art of affirmations, your brand new, put out by the Enchanted World, which you can find anywhere. Uh, you can go to theenchantedworld dot com and get your your pack there, or you can find them in bookstores everywhere, Barnes and Nobles, some other big name stores that you have them. Um, people can read them. Like maybe people have a hard time coming up with really what they want to put in their heart that day. They get to pick one of your cards with the beautiful artwork. And it just, it feels meditative. It feels beautiful. And I think we can all use more of that every morning in our lives. So I'm grateful that you you did these. Um, what do you, what kind of feedback are you getting on them? Well, people love it. And that's why we put the slot on the top of it so you can stick the card in. Like what you were talking about with the postage note or putting it on a mirror. Because that's that's so powerful to make a part of your routine. You're looking in the mirror or, or say to yourself while you're putting on your makeup, you know, use a time that you're in the shower, a regular time to do your affirmations. And I love your story. It And they, they work for us, which is why we, we put them into this project. We only do things that work for us and that we, you know, incorporate it into our own lives. And I think it should always be something that's doable. You know, if it's too fantastic, you know, an idea, you're not going to believe it in your heart. So all of our affirmations are things that can, can really work for, for most everybody. I remember Absolutely. sitting there thinking, I want to work in the, in the movie business. And I did, I affirmed that and I, I worked my butt off on one of Amy's art shows. Like you said, we always support each other. And someone was there, was a producer for WNET in New York City. There was about 30 years ago. Yeah, the next thing I knew, I'm, I'm a production assistant in the movie business. Then I'm a location manager. Then I'm a bodyguard. You know, <laughs> so people don't limit the universe, and the universe won't limit you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. I'm going to pull one more card before we end this segment. Um just I did it at random, but it makes me feel good just reading the words. They're so beautiful. So this one says divine on the card. The riches of the world come to me effortlessly. And 
Um, it's a long one, but it's it at the very end, it says you deserve the best. And so this is the kind of things that w- if we fill our hearts and our minds up with those types of words and thoughts and feelings in the morning or any time throughout the day, it changes everything. I really believe that. And your your beautiful, the art of uh, affirmation cards are just a pure testament to that. Another incredible gift that you guys just create constantly. It's hard to keep up with you. <laughs> well, because of the supply chain disruption, they weren't supposed to come out so close to each other. <laughs> but, but, you know, they were supposed to come out during the pandemic, but uh, everything got slowed up. And then yes, was- you had the Oracle at Intuition, right? The Intuition Oracle. Yes, yes the Intuition Oracle. And we want people to, you know, go to your local bookstore because we want bookstores to thrive. To rem- Barnes and Noble. We have our own shelves at Barnes & Noble because we did exactly what Laura did. We made a shelf talker, and we said we're going to have our own shelf at Barnes & Noble, and we (laughs) affirmed it, and we do. And you do. And every one is more beautiful than the next. Again, with the art of Amy Zerner, the words of Monty Farber, everything they sell is a, a beautiful testament to the most positive aspects of life. And your marriage and your partnership and in, in work and life um, are, are a testament to that as well. I love having you on my show. And it's been like this for years and years. And as far as I'm concerned, it will continue forever as long as uh, we're all here playing and dancing together and making creating beautiful things i affirm that that's a good affirmation love you I love you guys both. Once again, Amy Cerner, Monty Farber, all you have to do is go to theenchantedworld.com. You'll see it's a beautiful website. You'll see everything they do there from the fashion to the books to the new art of affirmation cards. It's all there at theenchantedworld.com and Barnes & Noble as well. Lots of love, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, so much fun on a program. It it feels like uh, it's not even work, but it definitely is the part of the program that I get to sit back and relax a little bit, do a little less of the interviewing, and get to hear some great news, good stories from Jim Cleefield. That's what he does. He goes out into the interweb during the week and finds stories that make you feel good, that make you smile uplift and inspire. Jimmy Dean, what do you have for us today in the good news department? Well, I got to preface by saying you and Hannah are just real inspirations for what you've done throughout your careers. I mean, you in the radio field and she's done music and videos and you are quite the do, I must say. But I want to tell you the story about a mother and daughter duo team that's going to blow you away. It blew me away when I read it first this morning. Say hello to the first mother duo pilot team for Southwest Airlines. Yes, that is true. It has just happened recently. Her name is Holly, and her daughter is Keely Pettit. And uh, they have just become the first mother-daughter pilot duo ever in any airline's history. It has never been done before. It's just so groundbreaking. What happened was Holly, years ago, wanted uh, to be a pilot. She had the dream of becoming one while she was a stewardess for another carrier. She was sitting at a jump seat. And next thing you know, she took her pilot's license. She worked for Southwest Airlines. Well, inspired as she was. Her 14-year-old daughter, Keely, said, hmm, I should try this. So she did the same thing. She later got an internship with Southwest in 2017, 
got her pilot's license, and five years later, it has come full circle. Holly said this is a dream come true, and I remember she said in the Facebook post, the first mother duo pilot team has arrived. Oh, what an arrival it must have been. And Southwest uh, commented on this, and they said not only are Holly and Keeley making history as this duo, but it's breaking barriers. I mean, it's inspiration and empowering women all over the country. We see it in a lot of different fields to pursue dreams like this. So you might say they are reaching new heights, or in this case, as Southwest said, reaching for the skies. No doubt about it. Oh, I love that. How wonderful. Really, it is great. Well, I, you know, my daughter and I ended up in the same profession as well. I have to say, when when she was eight years old, I don't know if you remember this, Bob, and I'm talking now to my producer, but I used to bring Hannah in. She was eight years old and she used to um, do commercials for us at the radio station. Do you remember that? Oh, of course. Yeah. I still remember that little pick. Yeah, she was eight years old, and and I used to get her to do these commercials. Well, lo and behold, I, I I noticed that she had this uncanny ability to read the copy, which we call in in the business um, when you're reading a commercial, and she had an uncanny ability to kind of interpret the copy and sound like it was a real authentic thing. And I said, my goodness, she really has a gift for this. Mm-hmm. So. Over the next few years that I was there, I would say to her, you know, Hannah, you really have a knack for this. And she'd go, oh, no, Mom, I'm not going to do voiceovers. That's what you do. You do radio. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else. Okay, fine. So I, you know, just stopped saying, you know, how great I thought she was all the time, even though I was, you know, bursting with pride. Come the age 13, she ended up taking a class in New York City about uh, doing commercials on TV. And she took the class. And at the end of the class, they offered to have real agents come in, like agents from around the country, big top agents to see these young kids to see if maybe they were interested in being signed to their agency. So Hannah did it. She signed up to be one of them that would have the agents come and look at her. And lo and behold, I think she had two or four that were interested in her. She ended up signing with Abrams artists. And at age 13, she was signed with the top children's agent in the country and went on to do a lot of great work. But flash forward even more she's in her 30s now and her entire career is doing voiceovers and when i tell you she does great voiceover work she's done commercials for mercedes volkswagen um you name it dial soap big brands national things all over the world she does international things and she's made a living doing it and i always go you still think that maybe you're not cut out for this You know, just have to rub it in a little bit because I am the mom. But anyway, so I love your story about this mom and daughter duo now flying the skies. How incredible is that? Totally inspirational. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Well, I've certainly taken up a lot of time for for the good news, but do you have another story? Do we have time for one? Well, I hope so. Well, we talk about a mother-daughter duo, but here's an inspirational one. A son doing something for his mom who was really, really sick, was suffering a brain tumor. 27-year-old Matt Shaha, he did something really special for his mom. He decided to cut off all his hair. He grew it out and decided to make a wig out of it because she's been suffering from a brain tumor. She lost her hair a long time ago, and he decided to do this for her. Well, he went and cut off all his hair, and he actually set a company up to come help with that. He paid him $2,000 to create this wig. And the reason that she uh, wanted 
to have this and why he did this. She said, look, it's one thing to be sick. I'm okay with being sick, but I just don't want to look sick. If you know what I mean? She wants to be out in public uh, like she has a full set of hair and living a normal life. So he went and did this, went this extra mile as any son would do for his mom. And I'm sure she just looks fantastic. She said the compassion, sacrifice, Matt has made a spectacular, Melanie said. I mean, just what he did was above and beyond the call. And uh, she's just grateful for him. And hopefully uh, she will recover from her cancer very, very soon. Oh, amazing. You know what? There's, uh, I'll tell you, that's what it's all about, you know, at the end of the day. And it's almost like, you know, we are put together sometimes uh, because we are meant to be there for each other. I think that's what families are about. And, you know, and not all families are close and not all families have the opportunity to do things like that. But a lot of them are. And it is something we all strive to do and be is to be there for one another. But you know what? There's such a thing as chosen family, too. And you guys are my chosen family in the mm-hmm. sense that I love you like Definitely family. Definitely are. Wow. We've, we've, yeah, we've been a team for an awful long time. Bob, you taught me radio 26 years ago. Wow. I mean, you know, by now, you, you know, you've spent more time with me than a lot of my family has. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I totally appreciate you can choose your family, right? People yes, that you love, yes. they're your friends, but they're like, don't you call them like sister and brother because you just yeah, they say you can't pick your family. But in the radio sense, I think that's not true. I picked a really great family here. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and you but we also we were also blessed, all of us with with wonderful families, like biological families. And uh, for that, we are thankful, too. Well, thanks, you guys. And thank you to John Tesh. I would say you are a national treasure. We are so grateful you're still here. You're healed and you and your beautiful wife are enjoying your grandchildren. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for all the beauty and art you've put out into the world over the years. We love you. And Monty and Amy from TheEnchantedWorld.com with their beautiful The Art of Affirmations card deck. It's absolutely gorgeous. And to you, Jim Cleefield, I thank you for always bringing us uplifted, up on a high note on every show of My The Way pleasure. Home. And Bob Small for putting it all together. Thank you so much. You bet. To everyone listening uh, every week and today, especially, lots of love to you. Take good care. Have a great week. Remember to say positive, affirmative things to yourself on a daily basis. Take care. I'm Laura Smith.